Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast. My name is Laura Rowe. I'm the editor of the magazine. I'm feeling very hoarse after a weekend of meat, mayhem and music at Grillstock in Bristol. This week, I've done some very serious live reporting from Grillstock. I've been speaking to my good friends and festival organisers, John Finch and Ben Merrington, who you also might recognise from our latest issue. They were the chaps telling you at the back in our lowdown how to get the perfect ribs. Plus... I did a tutored lager tasting with Joe Miller, beer sommelier, at the festival. And we have Janine, our food editor, and Anna, our cookery writer, talking about 2016 being the year of the cauliflower. In complete contrast to all of my meaty talk at Grillstock, they're going to tell you why you don't have to just stick to halloumi on the barbecue this year if you're looking for a meat-free menu. There are so many great options, including Anna's incredible grillable vegan burger and more. So forgive my huskiness and let's get started with Janine and Anna talking about all things veggie. So today we're going to be talking about some new veggie and vegan trends, including lots of new barbecue ideas from our latest issue. Um, so I'm here with Anna, Hi. cookie writer, mm-hmm. and Anna's written the barbecue feature for our July issue. Yep. And it's packed with fantastic new ideas, including what we think is the ultimate vegan burger. It's pretty good. <laughs> Tell us how you managed that vegan burger magic, because <laughs> it is quite incredible. Well, a lot of the... A lot of the vegan and vegetarian burgers that I've had, um, they're really tricky to actually put on the barbecue. And so you're missing out on on all the, the fun like of the a barbecue. The char as yeah. well, the char on the outside and the smoke. And it's frustrating when they crumble and, you know, you don't yeah. get the nice char lines. So um, we thought we'd just try and come up with an actual grillable vegan um, patty. So it's really meaty as well. And, you know, it's got a really nice colour. So it's made with... Um, 
beans and brown rice. And we've also got some smoked paprika in it for like smokiness. Yeah, because I think when we tried it, one of the things that we were really surprised about was that it did actually have a little bit of bite to it. So it's not yeah. it's not the horrible mush that you sometimes get with veggie burgers. Yeah, I also I find it quite frustrating when bean burgers are also breaded and deep fried because that's yeah. not it doesn't feel like a patty to me. That's you know something different. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we thought we'd go for straight up burger. So what else have we got in that feature as well? We've got some really interesting, we've got a really nice thing to do with sweet corn because I know a lot of people are really, um, because it's such a simple thing to do, you know, parboil it and then chuck it on the barbecue and the topping you've done is a kind of Mexican type Yeah, so um, it's a kind of a mix between uh, a crema, which is uh, sour cream, double cream, and um, with lime, coriander and feta as well. Uh, So it's, yeah, it's really, it's a bit different, um, so you get the good chew of the corn and then you get like a salty, creamy topping, yeah. which is yeah. really good. They That's are really Definitely addictive. one to try. Um, and then my other favourite, because again, I think it's a vegetable that kind of mimics, not that we, no, we want to mimic meat, but it's got that bite to it, so you can't actually grill it, is the smoky miso aubergine. Yes. It just sort of, it feels like it's a match made in heaven, to be honest. Um, uh, I know a lot of people grill them, but I thought, well, why not take it outside if you're doing something a bit a, a bit different as well? Because you don't want to stick with traditional uh, English or American flavours on the barbecue. So I thought we'd do something a bit Japanese as well. Um, and it's with a pickled muli as well. So it's really nice. It's sort of sweet, sour, salty. And that, one, that one's actually vegan too. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, we've got, it's not just vegetarians and it's not just a lot of stuff with cheese on there. We have got some stuff which is strictly vegan. And it's a kind of a trend that we've been seeing happening a lot recently. It's something that's been um, out from the fringes and really moved into the mainstream. And I think people are really embracing it as a sort of, a healthier way to kind of supplement your diet, you know, a bit, bit of this and that. What what other trends are we seeing in the kind of vegan and vegetarian? There's a lot world? of um, whole vegetables being uh, grilled or uh, roasted, so whole cauliflowers, yeah. whole carrots, that sort of thing. Um, also, uh, collie steaks as well, which um, <clears throat> I don't know. A former olive cover star, yes. the collie steak. It's <laughs> a hero. Um, yeah, so and also those can go on the barbecue as well. So it's kind of nice. It's all it's 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 it feels like you eat, you know you're eating a a meal rather than just little bits. So um, yeah, I think we said that um, cauliflower is you know it's 2016's hero veg and it keeps on going. Like we've had a collie steak on the cover, we've done collie rice, we've had cauliflower as a, a pizza base yeah. as well, which works really well. Yeah. And um, a new thing that we're quite interested in, so you might see a recipe for it popping up quite soon, is. Um, been reading about in the US they do buffalo cauliflower so it's kind of buffalo wings and it's um cauliflower that's tossed in spices and then baked until it's crisp and then you serve it with blue cheese dip which I think sounds fantastic so I think we'll probably have to make that happen in a future issue I've seen cauliflower popcorn as well which I'm not sure I'll eat a whole bag of that (laughs) (laughs) and you said that you actually had a couple of um slightly dodgier vegetable trends that you spotted so it's really exciting to see all the uh all the vegetables sort of in the in the light at the moment but I have seen a few pulled porks made with carrots um, can you explain how it works? Because I still can't get my head around this. It's, this is it's mental. So it's just stewed carrots and they sort of fall apart and it's got the same colour, probably not the same texture as pulled pork. I imagine so. it'd be quite mushy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another one is, so you've got the beer can chicken and now we've got the whole whole cabbage version. So what is the beer can chicken? Because that, that is, 
I mean, we, we've got, we have actually got recipe coming up very soon in the future, which uses beer kind of chicken. And that is you open a tin of beer yeah. and you sit the chicken over the top of the beer can and then you um, put the lid on a sort of Weber style barbecue and let the the beer steam the yeah. inside of the chicken as it as it cooks. So it's a great idea and it's been around for a long time. Yeah, but, um, it's, um, it's, it's really good. I think a lot of people have been doing it like camping and things. Yeah. It's just, it makes the meat super juicy. But this version is hollowing out the cabbage <laughs> and then doing the same thing. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure if it would, you know, have the same effect, but I don't think we'll be I think beer cab- can cabbage, even, even the sort of... Even the combination of beer and cabbage yeah. <laughs> sort of together feels yeah. a little bit of a step too far. This week, um, if you want to look online, we're going to put up a fantastic new video for beetroot rice, which yes. Anna has just yeah. um, created a recipe for. So, yeah, um, a next step on from cauliflower rice, yeah. really. And it's actually really lovely because you chop the beetroot and then you just pulse it in the food processor yeah, it's really and it, quick. It, it makes it into these little nubbles of uh, beetroot and even though it's raw what that does is it allows the beetroot to soak up all of the gorgeous vinaigrette that you yeah. put on it so it's one for your barbecue um this year Sides, watch definitely. out yeah watch out for it and press your friends it's very colorful and we've topped it with some seeds and some lovely um white sort of creamy feta so that's one to look out for so thanks very much anna loads of great tips there and if you want um any more veggie tips then obviously go to olivemagazine.com and look out for this issue and our new issue next month yeah thank you next up i speak to john finch and ben marrington the co-founders of girl stocks a brilliant music meet and mayhem festival in bristol that's been going since 2010 it's now the seventh festival here in the city and it celebrates all things american barbecue low and slow meat culture and this weekend they had 18,000 visitors i've been lucky enough to take part every year as a judge in the barbecue competition that they hold so here's ben talking about the brilliant music followed by john about the food uh, we've had some amazing music actually. Stranglers are playing uh, tonight, they're going to close the festival. Yeah. We've had Fratellis, Levelers and some really, really cool local bands in the bar. We always try and get some really good local bands in, so that's quite important for us in Bristol. You know, it's, it's a very kind of local event, so yeah, it's been great actually. It's been really, really fun. And what's the best thing you've eaten this weekend, guys? Somebody cooked a slow smoked beef rib yesterday, then glazed it and topped it with grilled foie gras and truffle. Uh, and the chef's choice round, it's superb, yeah. absolutely superb. It was probably one of the nicest things we've eaten over the 11 festivals we've done, I think, actually, judging chef's choice. Yeah, it was amazing. And there's been some bad things. Yeah, one year, a very well-respected chef, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> uh, smoked some pureed aubergine in a cabbage leaf. Um, you know, I like the guy, but it's like eating a smoked slug. And when you're slightly hungover, it doesn't really help as well, does it? <laughs> Um, okay, so tell us about how the book is doing as well, because you had a book out earlier this year. Yes, the book's fantastic. Uh, it's funny, I mean, Amazon have all these real niche categories. Yeah. So I think we were top, or we are topping meat, poultry and game at the moment, which is quite a big win for us. Restaurant books, and then there's another one as well, isn't there? We're topping yeah. barbecue restaurants, beginning with G in Bristol. Yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing. Um, I think it's kind of a combination of the last seven years, really. So. Yeah. We didn't want it just to be a, a cookbook with loads of recipes. We wanted to kind of get some of the grill stock culture in, yeah. for, um, you know, photos from the festivals, uh, guest recipes from some of the bands that have played, okay. uh, which is, you know, really cool, actually. We're really proud. I mean, these, these guys are at the top of the game barbecue-wise. They're yeah. cooking the best barbecue you can eat. Yeah. 
and we've got recipes from some of them that four six pages on the real nitty-gritty yeah. detail on how to smoke a perfect brisket yeah. and you, you can't just learn that from the internet you've got to that's years and years of practicing so we've got a few of those in there and then everything right down to just how to cook a chicken nice in your back garden on a Weber kettle so it's uh, the whole rain loads of photos from the festivals yeah. in there a few photos of me a few photos of the dogs kids there are more photos of his dogs in the book <laughs> his dogs get a full page spread in the book which is more than we get and so there are people from all over the UK that come here to um, put their meats forward for the barbecue yeah so the first grill stock in 2010 we had 12 teams compete uh, and we struggled to fill those spots uh, nobody knew what competition barbecue was nobody did it there were a few teams uh, but that was it so it's made up like my brother his cousin aunties <laughs> stuff like that yeah. this year i think we had over 100 teams apply to compete um, we selected these 30 that are here today 29 here today because either they've been to grill stock in fact all, of all but one, one of them it? have yeah. competed yeah. previously and then one new team so uh yeah, it's hard to choose. So we kind of stay loyal to the guys that have grown with us over the years. Yeah. Uh, and they come back every year, they love it. It's a shame we can't fit any more in here, really. Um, yeah. The 30's the kind of the limit yeah. um, for this festival, so. Well, Laura, you just had 29 wings. So I what did, you, <laughs> I what did. What do you think if we had 50 teams competing? Yeah, I mean, I don't think my stomach can take that, but I'm a bit in training. I've, I've been here for every festival, I think, yeah, haven't yeah, I? Yeah. And um, yeah, my stomach's grown every a year. Seasoned <laughs> judge, <laughs> Season judge. Yeah. Um, and you wore a stretchy skirt yesterday, I, did. I saw that. <laughs> I did, I came prepared, I came prepared. All the teams this year are from the UK, but we have had okay. guys from the States, from Europe over the years Amazing. as well. Australia, so, Australia South yeah, Africa. It's been really, really good, actually. Really they, they take it so seriously and, and you can take that when you get to yeah. the final product well. well there's big prizes you know the first year it was just kind of the kudos of winning at grill stock but now teams that have done well at grill stock have gone open to onto open restaurants on the back of it to get their own line of barbecue seasonings yeah. and sauces out there and the prize money's great you know they, they can win a thousand pounds they win trips to the states go and compete in america there and so yeah it's worth um every year the prizes go up a notch don't they so in our latest issue we've got a great feature by you guys yeah on, on ribs smoking ribs smoking ribs so what are your top tips if people haven't read that article yet if you quickly summarize top tips um i mean not just smoking ribs but for any barbecue just slow everything down yeah. relax uh here we tend to get the fire as hot as we can and then burn our burgers burn the chicken and everything's not cooked just just slow everything now it's not a race to get the food cooked and actually what we say in the article is the longer it takes you to cook uh, the longer you've got an excuse to sit outside drinking beer next to your barbecue cooking yeah, so exactly. and do your homework on, you know cooking on real wood and, and how it kind of adds flavor and you know the different kind of smokes and heats and things like that so it's all bit. about the low and slow so we're not really grilling food here like we would in Britain I mean you could warrant probably 18 hours sitting outside yeah. cooking if you if exactly. you wanted to you've got that much beer yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> there's always a way there's always a way all right thank you so much guys Ace. thank, thank you Laura festival again and um, I will be back next year so that was Ben Merrington and John Finch, the co-founders of Grillstock. Thank you very much. And if you're feeling inspired having listened to the great time we had at Grillstock, make sure you go to olivemagazine.com where we've got a brilliant feature at the moment of our favourite food and music festivals. And every single month we round up our favourite food festivals and food events for you to enjoy across the UK. Now, as a judge, I was lucky enough to taste some incredible things over the weekend. I was judge at the burger round and the chef's choice round of the barbecue competition. But to help swill all of those down, I managed to grab five minutes with Joe Miller, who was Bud Vars beer sommelier for the day. So here's Joe to talk us through the joys of lager. Okay, so 1,700 pints in the festival tanks today. We've got four of them. 
Um, the usual tanks um, hold 880 pints and uh, we've got four tank sites in the UK. The last one we just launched last week with Simon um, Rimmer um, at his new place in uh, Wirral. Um, and um, the one that sells the most is the Oast House in Spinningfields in Manchester and they sell about a tank a week which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Love that bit. Uh, so yeah, so Ben was just asking, is it has it got um, uh, has it got kind of extra yeast in or something? But this one doesn't. But we do have another beer called um, Poisoned, uh, which is a really interesting beer actually. Harks back to in the olden days um, when the guys added used to add a little bit more um, yeast to give it a little bit extra bubble before it went out to the pubs because yeast has got three jobs. Um, one is eat sugar piss uh, alcohol and burp CO2 so in the wooden bungs they used to take out the wooden bungs and all the time it was releasing CO2 so they used to add a little bit of extra yeast just to kind of kickstart or turbo charge as we've now now uh, now coined it Uh, so yeah so there is a beer called poison but this doesn't add add extra yeast it's just unpasteurized so it's nice and kind of clear still I think Joey is doing some, some pints, is he? Because I'm like well thirsty. Yeah. So ordinarily, if we were doing an actual tasting, what you would do is just basically nasdravi. 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 Ordinarily, what we do if you're doing actual tasting, you'd hold it up to the light to see if it was clear. Yeah, this is, but because it's a, a frosted glass, so I get it. Yeah. And you're gonna you're looking out for a little bit of um, foam as well. The foam is actually where the um, the hop flavour resides in the beer predominantly. It gives you that aroma from it. Yeah. So hops have three jobs again. Everyone has three jobs around here, don't they? Yeast <laughs> has three jobs. Hops have three jobs. So uh, hops has three jobs. Um, it's uh, aroma, bitterness, and preservative. Right. The hops that the guys use is um, uh, Zars hops. A lot of brewers now use like um, you know. Uh, hot pellets or uh, you know basically hot juice to kind of like and it's it's cheaper so it's much more expensive to brew with whole hops and it kind of depends on what beer you want to do like if you just wanted like a right you know somebody's going to deliver massive hot bikes it's an American style IPA do you know what that's their choice there's nothing wrong with that but this is a lager so it's meant to be a really soft subtle symphony of flavours Jay went on to tell us that there's no hiding from brew mistakes with a lager and we've all had the opportunity of drinking bad lager haven't we but even in our plastic glasses in the glaring heat at Grillstock this Budvar tasted just as it should so here's Joe again along with my very inquisitive baker mate Ben to tell us why and forgive the music if it's a bit loud in the background. I did mention this was a music and mayhem festival too, didn't I? The Budvar guys, again, I've never heard of this, and I go to visit a lot of breweries. They use their yeast three times. Most brewers use it ten times, and that's because um, they, they just want to make sure that it has the best um, sort of DNA impact by only using it a few times so it like, keeps that flavour really honest yeah. honestly it's phenomenal the, stuff, the lens that they go to is honestly genuinely really really phenomenal and the difference between sourdough bread and white sliced bread and lager normally gets tainted as being the white sliced bread of the, the beer and ale world and this is more down the sourdough end of the market it's so hard to brew a really good lager and that's why 
Um, that's why these guys, these guys go to pains to make it because you can't hide. You know, if you were, um, you know, if you like making like a big chili or something with loads of flavors, you can kind of like hide from. Um, having cheaper meats or um, whatever, but actually, if you want to make a really, you know, a really uh, subtle kind of fish or vegetable, it's all about the ingredients and how you then really react to them, as opposed to kind of stuffing in flavours. Um, and it's a really kind of similar thing. So, and they've been doing it for 120 years now. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty at it. <laughs> For the British market, because often the British market goes with most bland flavours like a mayonnaise, white sliced bread, lager being kind of generally the dumbed down version of an ale. Do they struggle to, are they try to put more flavour in it or are they try to dumb down the flavour at the end of the day? No, we do, it's the same, so what you're drinking here is exactly the same as you would drink in the home market in the Czech Republic. Right. Um, especially, you know, the, the, the tank is literally, it's been in the country for less than 48 hours. So it's driven, it takes about 11 days if you were to, uh, hang on, if you were to walk it, it would take 11 days. So thank you again to beer sommelier Joe Miller and if you'd like to learn any more about Simon Rimmer's tank beer at his new pub and bakehouse The Viking in West Kirby that Joe mentioned you can visit olivemagazine.com for our new review Thank you very much for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast Please remember to review and rate us on iTunes so even more lovely people like you can listen to us. Next week, I am taking a little break. I know, again, I have to have a holiday, though. It is the summertime. I'm going to Ibiza, so I'm going to make sure I listen back to our Olive Magazine podcast on why Ibiza is a great foodie destination this year. And next week, you will have Janine, our food editor, taking over as host. If you've got any ideas or suggestions for us on things you'd like us to talk about, or if you want to just let us know how much you're loving us, hopefully not hating us, then do get in contact with us at Olive Magazine. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube... You can email us, you can phone us. We just want to hear from you. So happy cooking, happy eating, happy traveling if you're going to a lovely foodie destination this summer like I am. And I will hope to speak to you all soon. Cheers.